a portrait and a podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm really blessed that the team that was treating me, they were the half full. Because yeah. they said, Oh, we're going for the cure. Okay. And and that's what my doctor said to me from the very first time. She says, you know, in some cases we're going to to treat it so that, you know, so life is comfortable or we go for the cure. She says, we're going for the cure with you. Gotcha. And so I said, okay. But it was so much information. Like in the beginning, I, you know, I didn't want to really talk about it. There were just a handful of people that, you know, like my brother, my sister. Um, I just told my grandmother. Wow. Like literally three so, weeks ago. So why were you so proud of it? I'm curious um, It was because when I, when, when people did find out, they wanted to reach out to me or to talk to me. And it was just too much for me emotionally. Yeah. I needed time to come to terms myself with it. And then I could bring other people in. And then once I came to terms with it, um, really kind of the breaking point, it's funny how God works because um, they asked me, there was a cancer survivors day in June. And I still hadn't really, like I hadn't, not that social media is everything, but you know, I hadn't posted anything on social media. I hadn't, I hadn't shared with, you know, the masses. And so they asked me if I would speak at this event. And I was like, why, why me? I'm like, I'm still in chemo, you know? And so they were like, we just think that, you know, it'd be really good. And, and someone said that they heard that I was a good speaker. I was like, I'll never lie to you. But, um, <laughs> but, um, so I, uh, so I went to this event thinking that it was just going to be the small event at AI, AIS Cancer Center. And they said, you know, we're going to stream at Facebook Live. And so I'm like, oh, okay, you know, Facebook Live, what's the chances of, you know, too many people watching AIS yeah, on yeah. Facebook Live? So I get there, it's set up all nice and everything. And there was a podium uh -huh. and the podium had these microphones on it. Yeah. And there were these huge cameras everywhere. And I'm looking around and I'm like, these don't look like Facebook Live cameras. These look like media cameras. Yeah. And so then they, when they start bringing out the microphones, I see 23, 17, 29, KUCZ. And I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> and so it was that moment I said, okay, it's time for me to say something on my terms. So, yeah. you know, but, but it was that. Um, it was overwhelming for me. Anytime someone would text me and say, you know, just want you to know that I'm praying for you. Such a harmless text, but it would just bring me to tears. And, mm -hmm. and I would go into this depression. Um, and, and I was doing it myself. And, and then it was hard on Kai because I, I was telling her, you know, I don't want any, I don't want to talk to anyone. And she's like, well, mom. They want to, people care about you. They want to talk to you. They want to reach out to you. And she said, because you're putting this wall up, now they're reaching out to me. And it was just as hard on her because she's also processing the fact that her mother has breast cancer yeah. and planning a wedding. Yeah. So, um, but, but once I let that wall down and allowed, you know, people to reach out to me, then I was like, well, this feels good. But you've always been kind of a private person. I have. I have, you know, to some extent, you know, I mean, I post on social media, but um, like, I don't 
like I see some things that some people post, like, you know, everything that's going on in, in, you know, their life. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, no, I'm not posting all that. Yeah. But I do. I share some. Yeah. But I, I am kind of a private person. Yeah, I, I try to be as transparent as possible. Like, because mm-hmm. I, I made a post, like, you know, talking about the, the, the phone call from the doctor. And I was like, Yo, you know, here's the flip side to my amazing life. Here's, you know, here's the mm-hmm. other stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's the shit that, you know, that yeah. most people don't want to talk about. But like, I'll talk about it because it's like, yo, I'm an open book, you know. But but I get your point where it can be overwhelming because, you know, it's like, every, and then everybody's got a medical, oh, a girl, you know, what you need to do is, uh, you know, take, uh, you know, two extra pieces of salt. You know what I'm saying? And that salt will go ahead and kill it. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, salt? What is what, what? If salt was the problem, nobody would have it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and you know what? And not only that, like with breast cancer too, there are like, you know, you could talk to someone and they say, oh, well, my mother had it and this is what she went through. But, you know, did she have triple positive, triple negative? Was she her two positive, her two negative? You know, you could, it, there's all these different factors, which I didn't find out until that first appointment. When I left that first appointment that lasted three hours, I was so emotionally drained. Oh, yeah. So emotionally drained. And and I was so glad that Kai was there with me. I chose Kai as, as my person to be there with me because, I mean, not that, you know, my husband, he is the jokester. Yeah, yeah. And so he was the one that kept my spirits up all the time. It, I felt like as soon as he saw that they were going down, he would say something goofy to bring me back up again. And I really needed that. Yeah. Um, but then I also needed Kai to be that person that when we left the doctor's appointment, I'd be like, what'd she say? Yeah. You know, and so that's what that's who Kai was for me. Yeah. You know, there the was deep, the, all those little minor details. Because mm-hmm. that's like for my mom, my sister, that's that I let her, you know Did she go to her appointments yeah. with her? Well, I, I went with her too, but I let my sister take care of like and then I was just like this other voice of reason because, mm-hmm. you know, my sister was, uh, uh, the glass is half empty with my sister. It's kind of weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. She's not always, you know, oh, it's your mom's dead. I'm like, well, mom's not dead yet. Mom's like, yo, we got to fight this. And then I, and it was a struggle for me because, like, you know, my mom always had this fighting mentality and we, anything is possible. And then I felt like she was just throwing in the towel. I was like, yo, you're doing exactly what you told me not to do. Yeah. And now you're just throwing it. Come on. And like, they did say part part of the fight is the mental fight. Oh, yeah. And my oncologist, you know, he says, I see my patients and, and you know, two, they'll have the same type. But if one has that, you know, I'm a fighter and the other one is like, I'm done. Yeah. And so I was really cognizant. I'm in a Facebook support group. It's called Fifty Shades of Pink. Uh-huh. And it's for... Um, women over 50 that have been diagnosed with breast cancer. I always say, oh, I'm the baby of the group because I'm just 50. I just barely made the cut. But, um, but you know, being in that group, I have to be careful about what I listen to a lot yeah. of women say because, you know, some of them are real Debbie Downers. Ooh. And so... Yeah, I, I, I appreciate everyone's input. I uh-huh. really do. I'm just capturing you, just interacting with me. Oh, okay. okay. So it's it's this is really just this is really painful. This stuff. 
And like, there's no we just talking, huh? We're just yeah, talking. Yeah. That's, that's all. But I, I, okay, so, so I really wanted to take a photo of you because I really just wanted to just, well, I wanted to sit and talk to you. Uh-huh. And, and I just wanted to just capture, I just wanted to capture you like, yo, she's here with us. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? My, my journey, it feels like it was forever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It felt like it was forever. But it's only been six months. Mm. It's only been six months. And I've talked to people that, you know, are in the journey right now and, and, you know, going through different treatments and stuff. Like I had six chemo sessions, you know, there were women that had 12, but again, it's, what type of cancer do you have? Are you triple positive, triple negative? You know, her, it, all that. All the, how big is the tumor? How soon did you catch it? You know, um, I just think, it, you know, I just caught mine just in the shower. And Wait, what do you mean you caught in the shower? I, I, I do self-exams. And, and I do, I've always done them because when I was in the seventh grade, I had a lump in my breast uh-huh. and, um, and I remember I told my sister, my sister that passed away, I told her and I said, but don't tell anybody, just, it's going to be a secret. And so she says, oh, well, let me feel it. And she felt it and she said, oh, okay. She told. And so, um, wait, 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 Terry, Terry, Terry yeah. told on me. Terry told on me. She <laughs> told on me and I was like. I don't like, care what she <laughs> said, I'm telling mama. <laughs> And that's she, 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 she told my mother and my my grandmother. Okay. Yes. And so um, so I ended up having in the seventh grade had uh, that removed. And I at that point I didn't even know what it could have been. Wow. Yes. And so it ended up being um, benign. So it you know it was nothing. So that was a good thing. But no one ever really we never really talked about it or anything. And then literally 10 years ago, I found another um, lump in my breast. So I've always done self-exams. Yeah. And so I found another lump in my breast, um, went and I had a ma- my mammogram and, and ultrasound and it was nothing. It ended up being like tissue or something. So here I am 10 years later again, find another lump in my breast. And so this time... They said, okay, you're going to have your mammogram, you have your ultrasound. This time they said, oh, we need to send you for a a needle biopsy. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's a new step. I didn't have to do that the last time. And so it was after that biopsy that it came back that it it was cancer. And let me tell you how I found out. So my doctor's office has a portal where you could check your test results. And it's in the portal. And so me being the person that I am, I was stalking the portal uh-huh. to see, okay, do they have it yet? Do they have it yet? So it was finally there. And cancer is called in Sonoma something. It's not in the medical terms. It's not cancer. Yeah. It's something else. And so I saw that word and I'm like, well, what is that? So I Googled it. And that's how I found out myself. Really? Yes. And so then when my doctor called me and said, we have your biopsy report. Um, and so all my other appointments, like she was good with talking to me over the phone. She says, okay. He said, Janine wants you to come in. And I said, oh, well, she can't just call me like she is before. And they said, oh, well, she'd like you to come in. And I'm thinking, that's why she want me to come in because she already knows. But she don't know. I already know. I already looked at it. I was, I've already been in there. I've seen it. 
Wow. Yeah. So how did you feel when, when you you see this on the report? Like, like what like what I, happened? What goes on in your mind? I was at home. I was working from home that day. Yeah. And and it was raining that day. And it was like it was a, it was not supposed to rain that day. It was a weird day that it was raining. It was weird that it was raining. And I remember I was in the living room and the first person I went in and I told Don, I said, I got the biopsy that report back. I just saw it. And I said, it's cancer. And he said, it's okay, sweetheart. We're Christians. God's going to see us through this. We're, we're going to be okay. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's not, I, I'm a Christian and everything, but that's not what I'm wanting to hear right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I not want to hear that right now. And so, so then I just went for a drive. And I remember I drove and I parked at the park and then I called Kai. Yeah. And I told Kai, and I said, I have breast cancer. And she said, okay, mom, what do we do next? How do we, how do we fight this? How yeah. do we fight this? But I could tell in her voice that she was scared, but she wasn't going to let me know she was scared. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I don't really want her to be scared, but that's not what I'm looking for either. So then I called my boss and I called her and I said, I got my biopsy back and it was cancer. And I just broke down crying. And like for that moment, I felt like, why me, God? Like seriously, because I love my husband with all my heart. And I feel like God has finally brought this man in my life. Not that the man is everything, but he's finally made me, you know, I'm, I love my job. I love my, you know, my home life. We had just bought this house and things were finally starting to come together for me because, you know, I, it's been some struggles for me. And, and so I thought, why now? Like I just got married in October. This is January. This is the end of January. I haven't even been married six months yet. And so I was just, I, that's all I was telling her was like, you know, why now? Why? And she said, you know, I understand. I understand. And then I could tell, like, you know, she was crying, too. And so honestly, at that point, it was like, this is what I was looking for. I just needed somebody to cry with me. Yeah. And so she just cried with me. And I just and she said, where are you? And I said, I'm parked in the car. I just needed some time. She says, are you going to be OK? Are you going to be able to drive home? I said, yeah, I'll be fine. And so I pulled myself together and I drove home and. And Don was there waiting for me. He said, you okay, sweetheart? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. Um, but it, it, you know, it took some time for me to come to terms. And, and like now stepping back, I think, you know, I was questioning, you know, why? Why now? Well, really, you know, God already knew what he was going to do. Yeah. And so when he put Don in my life, he was that support that I wouldn't have had you know, if this has happened to me a year ago, I look at my wedding pictures and I think, did I have breast cancer then? I probably had breast cancer then. Because you know how you were saying it takes a long time to go from the eight to the 10. Um, The growth of the tumor, they said, takes a long time. So that's why a lot of people, that's why they say, get your mammograms because, you know, if if you catch it early, the chances of survival is so much better, so much better. And so if you get mammograms on a regular basis, then your chances of catching it early are greater because sometimes it's so small, you're not going to even catch it in a self-exam because, you know, I just caught it because 
when I do a self-exam, I'm looking for, I'm feeling for lumps, any abnormal, anything that's abnormal. And so, um, um, so, you know, now I'm realizing that God was setting me up Yeah. and, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that, you know, that it's happened as it's happened. Um, I didn't, it's not something that I would have wanted to go through, Yeah. you know, but, but I'm here. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I am here. And, and so, you know, I started looking through like different things. Um, I did this, uh, this thing called cold capping. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of that before? So you got what, a little something right there. it's a, my skin gets really okay. dry. I'll, I'll yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to. Do this really quick. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works. Yes, that's whatever a, that's works. another side effect of chemo. And like, even though I'm out of chemo, you you still have some of the side effects um, for like up to six months. And and the ones that I feel the most is um, is neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is what does that mean? That is neuropathy is. Um, it's usually your hands and your feet, your full hands and feet, but they go numb. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes it could last forever, but that's the one side effect that lasts the longest. With my neuropathy, the weirdest thing is it's just these two fingers and just my toes. Oh, wow. So sometimes I will just be like, I'll be at work or I'll be at home and, and my toes will just go numb or these two fingers just go numb. And like I'll be sitting there and I'll say to Don, my toes just went numb, and wow. then and then it just comes back. It's the weirdest thing. Um, but um, and then the other thing is is the chemo brain. That whole just having this not remembering and and um, not being able to put my thoughts together sometimes. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but the cold capping, what that is, um, I had already kind of researched it a little bit. Um, because one of the things that when they told me that I was going to have chemo is I started thinking about the hair loss and not that my hair defines me, but it's like, okay, that's one more thing that they're taking away from me that I don't control. I have control issues. Yeah. And so, um, so I started Googling like, you know, hair loss and chemo and cold capping came up and I'm like, Oh, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. But what solidified it for me was when my doctor asked me, have you ever thought about cold capping? And I was like, actually I had. And so what it is, is because chemo attacks fast growing cells and your hair cells are fast growing cells. So it kills them. And that's what makes your hair fall out. Well, cold capping is you get these eight caps and you get dry ice and you put them in dry ice and you put the cap on your head and you you have to switch the cap out every 20 minutes. So it's a routine. So you have to have somebody to help you cold cap. So Kai was my cold capper when I went to chemo. So you start an hour before you go to chemo and you put the cold cap on and every 20 minutes, like it, the whole kit comes with a timer. And so you set the timer and then you take the cold cap off, you put another one on, um, and you know, you got to protect your skin so you don't burn it with the dry ice. Um, and you do it every 20 minutes through your chemo. And then for four hours after chemo, every 20 minutes, you're switching the cap. And so what it does is 
it keeps the chemo from going to those cells. So I didn't lose my hair during chemo. Um, I had some thinning. And where I had thinning was where we couldn't really push the cap all the way down. So up here at the top, my hair is thinner than it was. But like all this back here, like I wasn't even going through chemo. Yeah. And so my whole focus was because Kai was getting married in May. And I told them, I said, my daughter's getting married in May. And I didn't want to look like a cancer patient at her wedding. And I didn't want... When we look back at her wedding pictures to see, you know, and they were like, oh, well, you could get a wig. I went and I had somebody make me a wig. I paid $400 to have this wig made. And these women that wear the wigs, I don't know how they do it. I'm saying hats off to them because wigs are hot. (laughs) It was hot and it just didn't look like me, you know? And so I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do this. So when I was going through chemo, I actually had Pam cut my hair super short yeah. because when you're cold capping, you can't put, I couldn't put any chemicals to it. I couldn't wash it in hot water. It had to be washed in cold water. Couldn't put any heat to it. And so I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with the hair? I'm going to still keep the hair, but what am I supposed to do with it? So I don't know if you ever saw my hair when I was in chemo, but Pam waved it for me. Yeah. 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 So that was my chemo do. Yeah. And and that was the reason that my hair was like that was because I was cold capping and that was the only thing that I could do with my hair. You know, I couldn't enjoy the wedding because I got food poisoning. That Gina told me that. Oh my god. So right after you you guys came down the aisle, uh-huh. I mean my stomach was like, Oh my god, I got to go. And then I was trying to find a back and then finally I just called you and I said, Yo, get a ride home. I got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I want our party, but there's something else going on. I don't know what it is. I got to go home bad. Like it, I was on that freeway. <laughs> I was doing a hundred miles down the night. I was trying to get home so quick. Wow. Yeah. Did you find out where you got food poisoning? I had ate, well, I had eaten before we had left, and, uh-huh. I, and I had bought some uh, chicken from Iversons, uh-huh. and uh, um, I, that was the only thing I could think of. Like it, just, like I remember we started driving over there. Uh huh. Like, and we walked up, and I was like, hmm. ah. oh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> and then the music started, I was like, oh, damn. Okay, come on, come on down this aisle. Come down. Oh. Hey, oh, Shy, I love you. Okay, great. Oh, gee, I, I got to go to the back. I got to go to the back. And then sure enough, I was standing back there and I was fine. I just called and said, just get a ride or something. I got to go. I got to go. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was, do me a favor. Come forward. Straight. Yeah. I want you to straight on right there. I want you to look right at the camera. I want you to put your hands and lean. Yep. Right there. Just like that. And matter of fact, what I want you to do Push the chair back a little bit. I want you to lean forward. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, I'm just going to start. Right there. I just want to see what this looks like. You know, this is the most that I have talked about 
this to anyone. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You haven't talked to anyone in this deep about? Well, not like this. You know, just little bits and pieces. You know, like just keep I, looking at that camera. I might here. tell someone about you know independently about the chemo or. Honestly, the worst part, oh my gosh, Mike, the worst part was the surgery. I had a bilateral mastectomy mm -hmm. and we're doing immediate reconstruction. And so, uh, which that part I'm kind of looking forward to because what that means is new boobs. Like Joe, oh. they took it from me, but I'm coming back bigger and better. <laughs> but um, afterwards, I had no idea that it, you have no idea how much you use your chest muscles just to do regular stuff, just to sit and stand. So, 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 why are you opening up now? I don't know. I don't know. It's something about you, Mike, that I, I, think, I, I think it's time, too. But there's something about you that, like, seriously, I know we were talking about therapy before, but, like, you could be a therapist. You know how many people tell me that? We sit there and we talk, and I'll be like, I mean, I mean, I have some really deep conversations with mm -hmm. people. Like, I mean, people tell me some really deep, deep stuff, you know? And I'm yeah. like, oh, why are you sharing this with me? Because <laughs> I feel safe. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. It's it is it's a multitude of I I feel comfortable talking to you, and I do I feel safe talking to you, um and and I mean you're just so full of energy, man. You know, but I'm, this is seriously therapeutic for me. It is. This is therapeutic because you also aren't taking photos. No, not like no. If you look through, like you know, my social media, there's not a whole lot of pictures of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this whole, yeah, taking a picture thing and you just keep snapping too. And so, Who, yeah. me? yes, you, you yeah. just keep snapping. Yeah. Well, but it, but well, it is, I feel comfortable talking to you. I do. Well, and then, okay. So this part, this is the part of photography that, that, um, uh, uh, like if you don't like taking photos and I can't make you comfortable enough. How are you ever going to show me who you are? Yeah. Like, but that's why you're good at what you do. That's why I say you are, you, when I say you are anointed, like you're not just talented, Mike. You are anointed. This is what God meant you to do. You are truly anointed because you have to be able to get people to open up, to do what you do and yeah. to do it well. And you do. I think I'm just genuine with people. Like, yes. I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, like, like there's always somebody that I really don't care about. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just, your personality, you suck. Like, you know, like, yeah. there's things like that, you know. But for the most part, like, like I want to see everybody win. Like, I don't see why we can't all win. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I don't yes. see why there's not more than enough. I look at Earth and I go, God made more than enough, y'all. Hey, there's, there's more than enough for uh -huh. all of us. Exactly. Yeah, there yeah. is a blessing out there for everyone. Everyone. You yeah. know, so I just... You know, I, I, I just know that I have but one mission. Mm -hmm. And this is my one mission in life. Is that after you're done talking to me, you shouldn't walk away going, damn, that was depressing. <laughs> like, you shouldn't. If anything, what, it, what, I, what should happen is after you're done talking to me, you should feel energized. Mm -hmm. 
And you should be questioning things. Because I'm going to listen to what you say. Mm -hmm. And when you say something to me, all I'm going to do is put up a big mirror and go, well, this is what you just said. Did you hear what you just said? You said it. I didn't say it. You said it. Oh, I did say that. Oh, I didn't realize that that's what I'm doing. Oh, I didn't realize that 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 one word. You know, someone goes, well, you know, I'm trying to lose weight. Either you're working towards it or you're not working. You're not trying. Because trying is kind of this, you know, as Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. Right? Like, so I don't know. I just, I just have this thing where, and then I also, because I don't believe that I'm going to live forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I'm sorry. Like, like, I, I just, I think we get in this mentality, oh, you know, you know, when I'm 80 and I retire and I'm like, how am I supposed to know I'm 80? I don't know that. Yeah, I think about my brother-in-law, like, you know, my, I was telling Gina, my, my niece, literally when I was buying you guys' card for your, your anniversary is when my niece called me, Mm -hmm. but she said, I just went in there and he was fine. He was talking, he was fine. He hadn't been sick or anything. He was fine. And then she went, she obviously went back in the room, came back out and he was on the floor. He had a heart attack. Oh, wow. Just that quick. Brunel was 58 years old. Wow. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's not old. Yeah. You know? So you just never know. Um, it's yeah. crazy. Well, I really appreciate you giving me your time and coming and do this. All I'm going to ask right now is that you look into this camera, look right here into this camera, and I just want you to think about, I want you to think about your life, your blessings. Thank you for listening. Visit MikeLopez73.com or search Mike Talk on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.